you've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. I'd like, if I can, a young person to read this. Now, whatever that means to you. <laughs> I'm not going to... I'm not going to fight you on this, but I want a young person to read this. John 1, 35 through 39. Uh, but somebody needs to raise a hand and do it. All right. Again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, his saith, behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted master, where dwellest thou? His saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt, and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. Very good. King James is rough. I mean, does anyone else struggle with King James like I do? Like, we're not alone. It's just, that's harsh, man. Get to that new King James. I think it'll, it'll be a little easier on you because that's not polite. It's not even polite to modern day people to just be, you know, here, read this, saith this person. And like, oh, my gosh. So basically, here we are. And here's John, right? The next day, again, John standing with two of his disciples. And he looked and... and uh, he looked at Jesus as Jesus walked by, and, John's, and uh, John said this, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. Does your scripture have a, an exclamation point by that? Yes. So does mine. Behold the Lamb of God. He's not whispering this. This is not a secret. This is something he wants people to know about. Behold the Lamb of God. He's telling people what's happening, who this person is. He's identified him. We've been walking through this in John, step by step. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. All right, so now in verse 35, I want to look at something. In Operation Solid Lives, our discipleship process here, we, we learn the definition of a disciple. What's a disciple? Anyone who knows, raise your hand. I want to come around. What, according to OSO, what's a disciple? A disciplined follower of. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Verbatim correct. A disciplined follower of. And so, the, so here's, we are the next day, right? Now we're on day three. We've been tracking through this. Day one, something happened. Day two, this is day three. Day one, John was questioned by... If anyone remembers, the Pharisees, that's right. And he confessed what? What did he confess? If you want to raise your hand, I can do this. I could do this all day. Like Captain America. I can do this all day. Um, he confessed. He did not deny, but confessed. That he was not the Christ. Amen. He's not the Christ. Okay. Now, day two, something else happens. Day two, John sees Jesus, and he also sees the Spirit descend 
and remain upon Jesus, right? And he identifies Jesus as the Lamb or the Son and the Son of God, both. We read that, the Lamb and the Son of God. And now it's day three. John the Baptist is standing there with two of his disciples, two of his disciplined followers. And uh, as you know, anyone who's gone through OSL and who will be going through soon, more kind of out of you <laughs> there, but uh, I guess the pantomime will work for today. Um, we have an attendance requirement in OSL because we, we communicate it like this. I cannot disciple you if you are not here. You are not here. <laughs> that's exactly right. And so that's the thing. So his two disciples are with him. That's a good start. They're at least there. I'm a disciple. Yeah, but where you been? <laughs> sure you are. Come back to me when you're serious. The, John's disciples are there with him. And that's a good start. That's a good place to be. They're together on this day. Say together. together. Uh, that's good. Say it again. Together. There you go. You know, a great way to disciple someone is sharing life together. I made our lead team read a book called Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and I'm still into it. Life Together. Dietrich Bonhoeffer became a Christian martyr, and uh, it was just at the tippy-tippy end of the war, and uh, it, the word hadn't come down, and he got executed. And he had gone back into danger because he was discipling people who were hungry for the word. Yeah. Boy, to put yourself in that position and then see someone not come round. Can you imagine? It wasn't the same for Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He had people that were just, they kept coming. They kept coming. They kept wanting to hear the word, wanting to experience the word. Give me more of this truth, more of this life, more of this freedom. And then, and then we can look around and be like, oh, sometimes I'm pretty casual about my investment, right? But not John's disciples. John's disciples are, are here, at least on this day. Amen. And so I want to ask you something in this life together vein, because there's a lot to it. And incidentally, I'm reading another book called The Church is a Family. And uh, you know my thoughts on that already. I believe God has called us to become family and love and take care of each other like family so well that people out there be like, I don't even know what's going on in there, but I got to get in. I got to get into this thing. How do I get into that family? Who do I got to marry? You know, right? Isn't that how it was? Who do I got to marry? Like, whatever it takes, I'm going to get to be involved in this thing because I cannot miss it. That's how they should see us. Do we yet have that? I think we may have it in pockets, but we need to increase. Don't you agree? Amen. We, I'm not, I can't wait till everyone just like blatantly, you know, wholesale agrees. But this is, this is what we need to start agreeing on. We got to get that kind of connection, that kind of relatability, that kind of consistency, devotion, giving, generosity, yeah. humility to even receive help. Hello? Amen. Some people have a hard time receiving help. Other people have a hard time giving it. Either way, we got to get it together. Amen. Amen. All right, so I'm going to walk around, and I'm going to ask you some questions. If you don't know, we do something here called family-style ministry. People are trying to check in their kids, you know, like you do at every other church or whatever. 12 years old and up, they're, uh, what, no, it's actually first grade and up are in here with us because, like, we have some, like, third graders who are blowing my mind. I ask these questions, it's like, 
I spent all week preparing this message. I didn't get that answer. You know, it's like, that was genius. That was the Holy Spirit. And they have something to contribute. Amen? Amen. Who knows there's no Holy Spirit Junior? That's right. And so they have the same Holy Spirit that we do. Amen. And so we're excited to welcome their answers and yours. And so all of us together, as you're paying attention, I see those eyes. My son, I love you. You're amazing. I want to ask some questions. Who do you share your life with outside of your biological family? Spent some time crafting that question in my notes this week. Who do you spend time with outside of your biological family? My friends. Such as? DJ. DJ? Any, who else? Uh, that's really it. So really DJ. I like that answer. I'll tell you why in a minute. Friends, neighbor. Friends and neighbors. Very good. Chloe and Mia. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe and Mia, she said, they're, try, they're trying to set up a play date for later today. She's setting me up in front of you all. She asked me before church, can I go on a play date with Chloe and Mia? They're having a play date. They're already having this thing. Can I go? And now look at this. I walked right into it. Man. All right, Chloe. My dogs. Oh, your dogs. Yeah, Mia. My cats. And your cats. Who else do you spend time with outside of your biological family. I would, make a, I would make an argument that cats and dogs are kind of part of your family. You're not biological, but you know what I mean. You take my meaning outside of your household. My co-workers. Your co-workers. Very nice. See that? My music. Her music. I heard that. You know, our, our coaching, we said one thing at practice. It said, you know what? We spend more time with these kids in practice than we do in our own families because we're so busy with coaching and stuff. But yeah, with the kids that we're coaching right now. That's absolutely right. <laughs> Those kids that he's coaching. And I told you before in weeks prior, sounds like discipleship because I know who Will is. All right. We got one back here. Who do you spend time with outside your family? Fabian. Fabian. Is that your friend? Yes. Yes. From, where do you know him? At school. From school? Oh, I love that. So good. So good. My mentor. Your mentor. Yeah. Who's your mentor? Uh, Pastor Stevens in Florida. In Florida. So how do you make that happen? Him and I have a time every week. We talk every day on text messages and we do Skype and he mentors me through the Bible as well. Oh, every day, huh? Interesting. That sounds like commitment. That sounds like life together. That sounds like discipleship, doesn't it? Sounds like a personal investment. Sounds like I put this on the schedule. I made room for this. Amen. My kids in Kenya. Oh, Mama Laura over here. Her kids in Kenya that we've been discipling. And by the way, hallelujah, you gave last week to get a TV for their level two. And we bought it and they got it. Basically, I mean, we couldn't send anything that fast. But we said, hey, the money's here. Go buy the TV. Amen. Thank you. We're a tithing and a missions giving church. We made it happen. And so now for level two, they're going to have a TV instead of, you know, 35 devices, handheld devices trying to do Zoom. They're going to have one TV, put it up there. Now they can see the teacher. Oh, it's going to be so much easier, so much better. 
Amen. So they have about a nice 42 inch visible TV. They bought a good one. I'm pleased. I'm so pleased. Because you know, you buy junk, you buy something good, right? Hey, I, we gave them something good. I feel good about that. I love that. Uh, I, I would ask you these questions and you can just ponder these as I ask them. Who do you pray with? Think about it, everybody. Who do you pray with? Do you ever pray? Who, who do you pray with? Who do you party with? In the most appropriate ways, you know what I mean. <laughs> you know how some of these words, you know, take on a new life at, at some point in our culture, you know? But to the pure, everything is pure. Um, who do you party with? Who do you participate with? Who do you persuade? I did this. I went to the thesaurus and I said, give me all the, the, the P verbs. You know, I, I said, I wanted to know who do you persuade? Who do you convince? I, I'm not sure Jesus is the answer. Wait, what do you mean? How can Jesus not be the answer? Let me tell you about this. And all of a sudden, your words are persuasive. All of a sudden, they hear the truth of God through your words. They hear the logos through the... Rhema. Amen. Who do you protect? Who do you protect? Kids, quiet it down just a little bit over there. Who do you protect? Is there anyone that you're looking out for? I got some of these. This one. I'm with him. I'm with her. Who do you protect? Is there anyone that you look out for that way? Is there a neighbor that has been widowed? That you look out for? Or no? I mean, it, you know, is there a coworker who's maybe a little on the outs? Kind of nervous, you know, kind of worried for them? You look out for them, you protect them? Who do you prefer? Jesus commanded us to love your neighbor as yourself. Who do you pursue? Do you pursue anybody? Is there anyone on your radar that's like, they've got to know this life, I've got to give it to them. Who do you pursue? And who do you pledge to? Because I was, I was hearing some like covenant relationships. I was hearing like, I got, I got this one friend, him and me. I got this mentor, him and me. Covenant friendships. If I have 50 bucks, you need 50 bucks, you ask for my 50 bucks, I give you 50 bucks no matter what. That's a covenant friendship, right? It's my last 50 bucks. I won't have 50 bucks anymore. Yeah, I need it. Give it. Fuck it over. And you give the 50 bucks. Yeah, but I was going to spend it on my light bill. I don't care. I need it now. Right? God will get the 50 bucks somewhere. He has another 50 bucks somewhere. Amen? Amen. That's what Pastor Jennifer was talking about. He's got it somewhere else. You, you do this right. He'll get it to you. Amen. Anyway, we can talk about more things like that at the lab if you want and get into it. Because I'm not just saying, you know, give 50 bucks to everybody. But there, there are people that God puts you with. And particularly in this context, as we, I mean, I can imagine if Victor came to me, he's like, Pastor Jeff, I need some. Who knows that I'm going to be there for Victor? Yes. That's my brother. I love him. Sharing life together is a great start. And here's John's disciples with him that day that he says, behold. 
Behold, the Lamb of God. So I'm going to ask you this, and I'm going to ask for names, if you don't mind. Does anyone look to you to, to guide them or, or for help or for spiritual leadership or discipleship? Does anyone have anyone that you know that looks to you for that kind of thing? Jacob, who looks to you? Wes. He's got a name. Who else? Charlene and Julie. Two names. Very nice. It's not a competition, but I like that. Yeah? Who, who, who looks to you? Well, credit where credit is due, right? And she's willing to invest in two people. I could look at my life and, and find times when I had zero people. I don't know on the number line. Maybe I had negative numbers. You know, I was like, I'm so not investing in others. I'm going to drain on people. Who, who else? Who are you investing with? I got you. Who's looking to you for leadership, discipleship, help, guidance? Braden. Braden. This is good. Who else? I want to give you a chance. I want to give you a chance to participate. All right. This lovely lady back here. Thank you know her. Alexandra. Oh, our heart, Alexandra. Yes, Pat, I'm coming to you. Chris. Oh, very nice. And look, fine job, Pat. Anyone else? Okay. I remember deciding to invest and be available to Jacob. Jacob, raise your hand. That's my man right there. I decided at one point in time, I said, I'm going to invest in this young man of God. I see that thing. Remember Paul was preaching and he saw the man with the faith to be healed and he said, get healed. You know, he said, stand up and walk. Here's your miracle. It happened today. I remember I had that experience and I decided I'm going to invest in this guy. Despite us having like nothing in common. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. I'm a musician. I just play my piano, sing my little songs. He's a football player, coach. You know, I'm like, we, two different worlds. We come from two different worlds. Does anyone know that that's from? Mom, what's it from? The Disneyland Bear Country Jamboree, right? Remember, remember Big Al? Ow! No one likes the Bear Country Jamboree but me? Man, that was, that was it. That was the business, right? You got like a solid half hour of like rest and the air conditioning and it was a great show. Oh, thank God I'm a country bear. All right. We, we were living in different cities, but I decided to invest in him. And now look what he's doing different cities, making time. Amen. At the beginning, we didn't even belong to the same denomination. Well, early days. At one point we did. And I started learning some things about the Holy Spirit. And I thought, oh, this Bible is true. The Holy Spirit is still active, still working, still doing some things through us. And so I find myself here in the International Church of the Four Square Gospel. And so, despite being different denominations, we're still brothers. Who knows that's true? 
And so we've been interfacing all this time, just investing in him. Jacob showed something that very few do, if I'm honest. Very few show this, a hunger for righteousness. He was hungry. He had an interest in learning and soaking up these truths. Who knows that not everyone's like that? Who knows that not everyone wants to hear you about your Jesus, right? Jacob may have been my first disciple. Disciplined follower of me. He's following me. Clearly, I found something that he wants to latch on to. And his honor is evident to all of you here in that he still is. He still he he drives from Ridgecrest, California, to Hesperia, California, to get to church by 10 a.m. on Sundays. Yeah. Is that dedication? Yes. Amen. See, there's a lot of abandonment in our culture. Who knows that's true? Right. Unfortunately, too much casual, self-centered relating to each other. And if you don't give me exactly what I want when I want it, Burger King style, I'm out. Wait, I thought everything was going good. Bye. It is practically impossible to enjoy all the family has to offer when you keep leaving the family. Yeah? Detaching from the family. Mm-mm. I speak regularly about the importance of family and the opportunity that you have here to become just that. And enjoy all the benefits that it comes with. Giving and receiving both. It's, it, after all, it's better to give than to even receive. Incidentally, have you decided to become family with us yet? We want to give you an opportunity to be family. Uh, on your service card at the end of service, just write something. I want to join. I want to be in. Make me family. Say whatever you got to say. We'll figure it out and we'll contact you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now look at verse 36. Verse 36 says, And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. <laughs> Jesus walks by John and two of his, his disciples, perhaps the closest disciples. Right? If these are the two that are with him, maybe they're the closest ones to him. Could be. John says, Behold the Lamb of God. The disciples hear it, and they do something big. What do they do? What do they do first? Before they follow Jesus, they do something else. They They what? They leave. They leave who? They leave John. They leave John and then they follow Jesus. That's interesting. I was just talking about loyalty. Is anyone getting nervous? (laughs) Don't get nervous. They leave John and begin following Jesus. They follow Jesus instead of John. I'm going to this pastor now. (laughs) It's it's not that. So don't be nervous. Instead of John, it appears that John is just fine with this. In fact, you could argue that it was his intended action for them. After all, he's calling out. They're right there. They're going to hear him. Here he is. This is the one. This is the guy. Here he is. I said it once, saying it again, behold the Lamb of God. Now, whether these two heard it yesterday or not, I don't know, but they heard it today. Amen? And once should be enough. 
I found, I, found, I found the Messiah. I found the Christ. I found the Lamb of God. Once should be enough. We use a word, behold, when we're, when we're reading in the scriptures, what does behold mean? We, we talk about it frequently. What does behold mean? Say that again in the mic. See it this way. See it this way. Behold. Like, check it out. Like, understand this. Dial into this. Behold the Lamb of God. You, you're seeing him as some guy. This is not just some guy. This is the God-man. This is God the Son. The Son of God. This is the Messiah. Behold. You've got to see, fully appreciate what I'm saying to you. This is him. Behold, this is the one we've all been waiting for, right? Imagine John, this, this, today, what? I mean, I knew it was close, but here it is today. Who knows that fulfillment is exciting? Even if you, like Disneyland could be coming, and it's six days away, and I'm excited, but when it gets there, I'm even more excited, right? This This is really the reason that I've been discipling you beforehand in preparation for this. This is John's whole motivation. And uh, there's this song in in a video game, maybe some of you know the Portal series, but I like this song. This robot, this this artificial intelligence is singing to this human test subject and, and she sings this in her computer voice. You want your freedom, take it. That's what I'm counting on. I used to want you here, but now I only want you gone. And it is funny. It's funny. And it actually doesn't say here. It's something a little, a little more live than that. I couldn't say it. But um, just because it put a pallor on the, on the thing. But this message is called Want You Gone. Want You Gone. We're in the series, The Apostles Teaching, The Beloved... And this message is called, Want You Gone. Now you have to figure this out. We're going to have to sort through this because you know what I'm not saying. I'm not saying just leave and, and get out and just, you know, get away from me. No. Want You Gone. They followed Jesus after leaving John. That is a hashtag best outcome. Right? If John can say anything, it's like, this is the best thing that could have happened. They left me and they followed Jesus. The, the teacher, the discipler must be thrilled at this point. Can, can you feel it? He must be thrilled in this moment. Yeah, but they, they may, you may say, they may have been John's best and brightest. They, they may have been his most faithful, most committed, most skilled, most honoring, most loyal. Yeah, well done, John. You made some good ones. Amen? You made some good disciples. I want them gone. I would rather they follow Jesus than follow me. John didn't have everything Jesus had. Amen? And that's the difference. That's the difference between then and now. John didn't yet, couldn't yet have everything that Jesus had, but Jesus had it. So he said, you got to leave me, go follow Jesus. Amen? I'm anticipating the tension. I'm going to answer the tension. Following Jesus, he says, I was just like a stopgap measure in your discipleship to, to get you to him. 
Now he's here. Go to him. I'm just a disciple standing up from a rabbi asking, no, I'm Well done, John. Amen. You made, you made a path straight to Jesus. Isn't that what he said I'm doing? Crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way. And I made a path straight to Jesus. And look, <laughs> there they are, down the road. Just like I was supposed to. John's got to be feeling great about himself right about now. That's that, that's that moment, it's like, well done, good and faithful servant. When he says, I look at my life, I look at what I've been doing, I see the fruit, God must be pleased, I'm pleased, everybody's pleased, the disciples are pleased, no one's losing. And, he, and I don't look back with regret at how I wasted my life. Oh, I didn't invest, I didn't, I didn't have anyone looking at me for leadership, I didn't try to lead anybody, I didn't tell them anything. I, I'm going to later, later, I'm going to tell you more of John's heart in regards to this, but I can't, I can't spoil it. Verse 38 says, Jesus turned and saw them following and said to him, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. Just incidentally, just at a cursory reading of Scripture, I like that Jesus says, come and see, and it says, they came and saw. Is that good? I mean, the Bible's trying to give us a message here. If it's in here, count on it. Amen? That's what I'm counting on. Amen. Jesus says, what do you want? Say, we want what you got. (laughs) And where you can teach it to us. And part of me wonders if they're really communicating this. We want you. And we're happy to go wherever we need to to learn it from you. Isn't that what it looks like to you? Jesus says, well, come on, you'll see. As usual, Jesus not really answering the question fully. You know, he's, he's baiting them to say, hey, come, breadcrumb this way. Just walk. Walk with me. I'll show you. And, and you'll get... He's discipling them then and there. He's already begun. Have you noticed that? He gave them an instruction. What are you going to do with this? Are you going to follow it or are you not going to follow it? No, nah, it's not really what we're looking for. We just wanted a kind of a bumper sticker that you can give us to be like, you know, make it easy. That's not what Jesus was about. We were talking about whatever it costs, however it comes, I'm going to praise you. That's what Jesus is looking for. Who, who knows that he didn't just you know, give a halfway sacrifice on the cross? Amen? Yeah. Jesus gave the full thing. He gave all of himself for us. So he starts discipling these guys right then and there. And he says, follow me and you'll find the answers that you want. Who knows they did? Yes. They followed John's leading basically to stop following him and start following Jesus. Then they could only pick one. Not like now. Who knows that Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, follow me. How though? As I follow Christ. That's right. You follow me as I follow Christ. Anything I'm not following Christ in, don't follow that. But follow me as I follow Christ. And the more that we know that we're following Christ, the more bold we'll become to say, follow me. I got the answers you need. And has anyone experienced this transformation yet? 
Because I, I was once a guy that was like, yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, God is good. He's got to be good. I don't know what to tell you about the suffering in the world. Babies dying, and famine, and it's not, I don't know what to tell you about that. But I know God is good. That seems like a, a weak answer, doesn't it? Yes. In the face of starvation. Right? Seems like a weak answer. In the face of torture. Seems like a very weak answer. But somewhere along the way, I gave myself more to this word. And all of a sudden, I, start, I started to know, man, I've got an answer for that. Well, looky here. <laughs> and what a good feeling that is. I've got an answer for you. Has anyone else, just show of hands, has anyone ever felt like even once like that? I feel like I got that answer. I got some answers. Something will come up and be like, I could, I could probably handle just about anything that people ask. At least give it enough time because I know where to go. I know where to go. I, I open book test, right? No problem. Just give me a minute. You know, you, you go through this thing. I know it was somewhere. Solomon wrote this, you know, there's only a couple books, you know. So you look through Proverbs, you look through Ecclesiastes or whatever. And it's like, hey, here it is. <laughs> right. Everything's vanity. No, I'm playing. Um, that's a difficult one. Anyway, back to this. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. John couldn't say that then. But we can say it now. I'm saying it now to you right now. Follow me as I follow Christ. You can look at my life and say, yeah, clearly he's not perfect. But he's close. <laughs> no, no, but you can say he's trying, right? And he's devoted to, to the, where the answers are, where the instruction is. I believe that you can say that about me. And that, get, that puts me in a position where I can confidently and boldly, very courageously say to you, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm following Christ. Follow me. We'll get there together. It's going to be better to journey together. Yeah. Amen. They followed Jesus who led them to where he was staying. Isn't that what the Bible says? Yeah. Okay. And they stayed with Jesus the rest of that day. And then overnight... Because it was already about 4 p.m., the Bible says. The 10th hour is about 4 p.m. You always count from like 6 a.m. sunrise-ish, right? And you count 6 plus 4 is 10. Yeah? About 4 p.m. It was late in the day. They just stayed. They came to Jesus and began hearing his sayings that day. Isn't that interesting? In fact, the very first thing that they did was to come to Jesus and hear his sayings. Follow me. Come, come and see. Does this sound familiar to anybody? <laughs> These disciples are starting to build their lives solid. Do you think that they're going to build other solid lives too? Yes. Yeah, I think so too. Someone's read the, read the rest of this book. Spoiler alert. These disciples didn't just stay with Jesus overnight that day. They stayed with him from then on. At The Rock, we build solid lives. That's our tagline, our mission statement. And it comes from this scripture, Luke 6. Jesus says, whoever comes to me, hears my sayings and does them. I'll show you whom he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the winds and the storms blew against that house, could not shake it for it was founded on the rock. But there's houses that are trying to be built on no foundation, the same wind, the same storms come, 
blow against the house the same way, immediately those houses fall because they have not taken root. They've not dug deep. They've not said, you know what? I got to get myself to church and I got to get myself in discipleship. I got to go through OSL. If that's what we're doing, <laughs> teach me about Jesus. Teach me the word. I want a solid life. I don't want to just blow over in the wind. And the ruin of that house was great, the Bible says. We don't want your life ruined. We don't want your house to topple over. We want to build your life solid. Pastor Jennifer and I want you gone, but not gone away from here, away from the family, but out there being sent, going and making disciples. That's what this message is about. I want you gone. Not to just come in here and still not know more than you knew last week or more than you knew three years ago. No, I, I know. I love you more today than yesterday. Makes you want some horns, doesn't it? But not as much. You got to sing it. As tomorrow. All right. That's the thing. We love you and you should be loving Jesus more. The more you hear what he says, the more you should be loving him because it's incredible. There's no way. Well, there's only one way. So, it's, so you're telling me there's a chance. Yes, and it's in Jesus. And we want you to be equipped to go tell them. That's my job, to equip you for the work of your ministry. God's given you an assignment and a job. It's not my job to win your co-workers. It's your job. It's not my job to win your neighborhood. It's your job. It's not my job to win that teller at the grocery store that you go to. It's your job. Jesus said, look at the fields. They're white for harvest. They're ready. Where's the harvest? Bring it in. Bring it in here where they can become family, where they can be discipled. You know, some of you are going to start house churches. Some of you are going to lend your lives to, to making this campus the strongest hub that it can be for our entire desert. Some of you are going to start online ministries or continue online ministries. And you're going to get the gospel out there. And in every one of our lives, our jobs, our whatever, we're going to be investing in people. That's what I want for you. I want you out there with this message. Pointing people, just like John did, to Jesus. Amen. Why don't we pray? Let's take some time together and let's just quiet our hearts and let's close our eyes and let's take some time and ask the Holy Spirit because God has spoken us a word today. Do you agree? Yes. I wasn't telling you some of my opinions. I was telling you what the Bible says. And it just happens to be where we are in John. And so I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Because Cindy's answer is going to be different than Pat's answer. It's going to be different than Norma's answer, right? It's going to be different than Dave's answer. The Holy Spirit's going to give you an answer. You've got to ask for it. Everyone who asks, what? Receives. Let's ask. It's a promise. It's actually a, a, a truth, an undeniable truth. Everyone who asks receives.
everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks on the door, it's going to be opened to you. It doesn't even have to be opened by you. You just knock on the door and then all of a sudden the, the answer door opens. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? In fact, it might even be good for all of us to just practice saying that. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Right now in this moment. I want to hear from you. Come on, say it. I want to hear from you, Holy Spirit. I'm listening. I'm attentive. Speak to me. How do you want me pointing people to Jesus? Who are you sending me to? And then family, just listen. Just listen. God, give me a name. Reveal to me. We, we know the Spirit reveals as will preach to us. Reveal to me who you're sending me to. Who needs to hear this from me so that they can be rescued from darkness into light. I'm willing to go. Would you tell the Lord that? I'm willing to go where you send me. Would you say it out of your mouths? I'm willing to go where you send me. Oh, bless God. Bless God. There is a move of the Holy Spirit in this room. Show me where I'm maybe not making the path straight to you. So I can work on me. <laughs> Together with you, we can both work on me. And I can make it so that people see my life and, and it's a straight path to Jesus. They can follow me as I follow Jesus. Mm. The Lord is doing something in some hearts right now. Thank you, Lord. And I want to encourage you, if, you, if you're feeling a prompting right now, just take a pen paper, write it down, put it on your phone, write that person or group of people's name down or where they are. And I need to bring the good news of Jesus into my school, my workplace, my community group, my dance studio, my choir, my sports team, Yes? Write it down. Whoever comes to me hears my sayings and does them builds a solid life. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to your church, for speaking to your family. We receive what you have for us today in the name of Jesus. We're willing to do what you're saying, what you're commanding us to do. 
and we know that your word never returns to you void. So as you speak to me, I will go and I will accomplish in the name of Jesus. Can we all say amen? Amen.